everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Exploited. I'm Alexis Chowski. And I'm Kevin Daly. This week we're talking about Friday the 13th, Part 3, 1982, directed by Steve Miner. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday, the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. Friday, the 13th, part 3, in 3D. A new dimension in terror. It will scare you. Same guy that directed part two, by the way. Yep. Yep, and this one is in 3D. Oh, it most certainly is. Yeah, I have it on Blu-ray that came with the glasses, so I was able to watch it in 3D. Ah, I was not. I watched it on YouTube. (laughs) Well, the only difference is, well, the 3D is, you can tell where it is and how it'll give you a headache. Yeah, you got the yo-yo and the credits and all that stuff. The fucking popcorn. The, The popcorn, yep. The only, like, physical difference is right before the start of the movie, it's like, for the first eight minutes, you will not wear your 3D glasses. Right, because you get a previously on Friday the 13th. Yep, which is just the end of part two with Ginny, you know, pretending to be Jason's mom. Which, admittedly, this this stuff they show is good. I mean, the end of Friday the 13th part two is good. Yeah, they don't show the the window break that happens. It's just like no, it's that was that part's good too. They they just leave him for dead in the in the Jason house, and um, it goes into the credits, which are in 3D, and you get this fucking disco theme. Yeah, yeah, and it's starring. Well, nobody except Larry Zerner is worth mentioning. Larry Zerner plays Shelley. Oh, yeah. Um, And we have a lot to say about him, I'm sure. That character. Uh, yeah, I have, I have things to say. <laughs> In fact, I wrote an entire ad about him. Um, yeah. But Larry Zerner does not like being thought of as Shelley. Like, he's happy he does it. He does cons. He does interviews about Friday the 13th. But don't ever think that he's like Shelley. He makes that quite clear. Um, he's actually a lawyer nowadays. Oh, 
Yeah, he does entertainment law. I heard him on a podcast once giving all the, the details of the many vested parties in the Friday the 13th franchise and the, the status of that. I would imagine there are a lot of people involved. Yeah, there's a lot of different people with different things, so I'm not even quite sure. And I listened to him talk about it for an hour on a podcast, so... And I'm still like, what's going on with this franchise now? Like, one person has rights to Jason, and other people have the right to the title Friday the 13th. It's just a, a mess. Oh, wow. That, uh... <laughs> that got out of hand fast. Yeah, but the movie, after the credits, we're at Crystal Lake Grocery. Oh, yeah. You know, you get some 3D with the billowing sheets and fucking Harold, this character. And we get some banging 80s movies, a lot of pop and synths going on here. But Harold and his wife Edna, they run the Crystal Lake Grocery, and they also live there. We get some riveting uh, laundry air drying content here. Yeah, as he's putting the pole towards the camera, you get hit the pole in 3D. She's like, you and your nasty habits, Harold. And boy, do we see his nasty habits. Um. Meanwhile, Edna sees a news report about Friday the 13th Part 2. <laughs> yes. Uh, one thing I noted here is that in the uh, next to the laundry, there's a sign uh, that says, Watch out for the locomotive. Yes. What fucking locomotive? That's a good question. But Harold's and as... Oh, go ahead. I said, I have no idea. I figured there was just a locomotive that ran through there at some point. <laughs> some train just plows through their laundry every day? I guess. But we get Harold's nasty habits. Um, he's eating fish food. Yes. But gets offended because it has dayfly eggs. He's got the rabbit sitting in the produce. Yeah. And then he just walks the aisles of the grocery just like eating food, taking drinks, and putting shit back on the shelf. Yep, just eating, his, just consuming his own merch and putting it back. Good. Yep, and then um, some random 3D snake attacks him. Oh yeah, just for fun. Just for fun. It makes him have to shit. And he Let me get... We get a wet shitting scene. Uh oh. Reasons. Yeah, we hear it all. We hear the sounds of it. And he's while he's drinking a bottle of Jack. <laughs> yeah, that he keeps in the bathroom. A true alcoholic. <laughs> and he leaves and takes a meat cleaver to the chest. Yeah, didn't even bother to wipe. At least he didn't <laughs> die on the shitter. And then Edna goes out looking. She gets jump scared by a three D rat. Oh, yeah, cute ratty. And then takes a knitting needle through the eye. Yep. And my note is, why did Jason kill these people? Yes, <laughs> I, that's why I wrote that, too. I said, first of all, I said, man, it must be sucked to live in Crystal Lake, killing her constantly, and just randomly killing people now. Yeah. I mean, you could at least argue Jason had some sort of personal vendetta against the kids at the camp. I was literally just killing dudes with holes. Maybe he has a vague memory of his mom getting, you know, bad customer service at this grocery store when he was a yeah. child. That's yeah, maybe. But then we get the party van. Yeah. Ah, another fucking van. Yeah, we had a party van last week. Yeah, we did. And we meet our characters. Uh, there's Andy and Deb. Deb is pregnant, but that's, like, yes. mentioned once or twice. Yeah. Um, we get our future final girl, Chris. Yeah. Um, for some reason, they travel with these old hippies named Chuck and Chili. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's their van. They're just, it's on loan. <laughs> Maybe they just want their weed. Maybe. And they're like, yeah, sure, take us on this vacation, we'll give you all the weed you want. As long as you have the, yeah. And as long as you pack the good stuff. Oh yeah, I do have a, a dialogue note here that Chris says to Andy and Deb is, sex, 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 is that all you guys think about? Which, yeah. Yeah, they're just getting very blunt uh, with the, uh, 
with the themes of the, of the Friday the 13th movies. No, no subtlety here anymore. Yep. And then finally, Shelly. And I got in caps here, everyone hates Shelly. As they should. Apparently he's Andy's roommate. Oh, okay. And that's why he's on this trip. Nobody is friends with Shelly. All he yeah. does is practical jokes. Like when we first see him, he's just wearing a mask and runs up and stabs Andy with a fake knife. Yeah. And everyone is like, fuck you, Shelly, fuck you. Yeah, here we're here to meet your blind date, who is Vera. She doesn't know what she's in for. Because she's like, who's my date? And Shelly takes off the mask, and he's like, it, it's me. <laughs> and she, she doesn't look happy. <laughs> or should she? So they're on their way to, to Crystal Lake neighborhood. <laughs> they they have a, Chris has a cabin up there, apparently, that they're all vacationing at. Yeah, it's her, this is her, like, family home. She, like, grew up there. Yeah, and she's got some PTSD about the place that we'll get into a little later. Yeah, there's definitely some implications here that really disturb me. Yeah, you're not the only one they disturbed. Okay, good. Uh, there's that scene where there's the cops behind them, and so they have to eat all of the marijuana. Yeah, that might be the worst idea anybody's ever had. Just eat it all! And then it turns out the cops weren't even pulling them over. They were just going to the grocery. That's because, uh... <clears throat> Something may have happened earlier in the film that uh, might be related. Yeah. And then they run into a dude sleeping in the middle of the road. Just his random hobo ass passed out in the middle of the road. I'm guessing this is Crazy Ralph's successor. Yes, the substitute Ralph. Yep. And he's like, oh yeah, I got this. And it's like an eyeball. And he says, I have warned thee. And I'm like, I have warned thee? Am I right? Uh, 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 I'll show myself out. <laughs> Yeah, I got the same note, though. E-Y-E, have warned they. <laughs> they get to the, the cabin, and we meet Chris's kind of boyfriend? I mean, he is, or at least he was when she lived there. Um, well, the only thing he cares about is sex, and he's total fucking asshole about her PTSD. First of all, he's like 20 years older than her. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I know you had some trauma here, but I gotta get my dick wet, girl. And... My first note is, I can't wait for Rick to die. <laughs> we gotta wait a while, I hated too. him. I hated him from the moment he's introduced to the film. Oh, he is awful. And then Shelly's like, oh, I'm all alone. They said they were going skinny dipping, and I'm not skinny enough. Arr, arr. Also, I know that feeling, though. Yeah. Um, they show Andy and Deb their bedroom, and they're like, where's the bed? Because it's a hammock. Hammock. <laughs> and then we get this random scene with Rick and... Chris at the barn, just like loading hay up into this loft. Yeah, Rick is being a creep, as he's wont to be. He starts talking about how they should set aside three hours a day for sex. Yeah, Rick is a terrible fucking human being. And I'm just like, three fucking hours, Rick? <laughs> and I'm like, at this point, it's uh, like, okay, Shelly and Rick, I'm waiting to die. Yeah, there's this big scream, and they all run into the house, but it's just Shelly bullshit. He like, yeah, though I will say, Shelly annoyed me, but at least he's not a complete fucking tool like Rick is. Yeah, Rick is awful. Rick is actually an awful human being. Shelly's just awkward and annoying. Except for that line later on. He has, yeah. Um, his, like, incel moment. <laughs> but he's still, I mean, that's still, like, he's still not even holding a candle to Rick here. Yeah, and so Vera and Shelly... They head into town. Um, obviously not Crystal Lake Grocery. They go to another store. Right. Where they meet the biker gang. 
Yeah, Jolly's just casually grabbing some porn and looking at it <laughs> in the uh, the aisle there. Yeah, he's got a condom in his wallet that the the clerk makes fun of Vera about. I'm glad Vera just doesn't say anything. She doesn't care. It's like, yeah, whatever, fuck it. I don't have any money. I'm paying for this. So the biker gang is Ali, Fox, and Loco. Fox is the girl. Yes. And so they leave, and Shelly's dumbass knocks over the bikes. Yeah. Aren't they also driving a VW Bug like Jenny was in part two? They are. This one's Rick's, though. Yeah. Um... And, you know, Ollie fucks up the windows. Yeah, he gives them the chains. And so Shelly decides to just run over their bikes again and leave. Yeah. I mean, in Shelly's defense, the uh, biker gang did start it. They did. But still, you don't want to continue it. Two wrongs don't make a right, Shelly. <laughs> True. He's trying to show off for Vera as well, so. Yeah. Hi, my name is Shelly. Are you a bitter and lonely incel like me? Well, you don't have to suffer in perpetual virginity and boredom. Try some bad practical jokes. At Shelly's online incel joke store, get some masks to startle the chads. Get some fake blood and pretend to have an axe through your head to spook all those girls that were never going to sleep with you anyway. Being the nice guy simply didn't work out. Bitches are just gonna go flock to that asshole with the yo-yo because that's what bitches do. So instead of being the nice guy, be the practical joker! Oh, you'll get the hate for it, but let's face it, with your white boy afro, your gut, and your generally antisocial vibe, nobody was going to like you anyway. So that's Shelly's online joke store. If you don't get laid, at least be a dick about it. While they're on their way back, we get the fucking yo-yo scene. Yep, and that's our 3D fun. That's just my note, the fucking yo-yo scene. Where Andy is just playing with this yo-yo and hitting Chris in the face with it. And we also get a shot of Jason just vibing it in the barn. Yeah. So they go about their antics, and the gang shows up, and they're going to siphon gas to burn down the barn. Yeah, that escalated quickly. Yeah. So they siphon all the gas from the van, they go into the barn, and of course we know they all die. <laughs> right, yeah. Jason's living in the barn. Yeah. So Fox gets herself skewered with a pitchfork. So does Loco. And Allie gets beat a million times with a machete. Uh, he lives, though, because I think... Jason just brains him for some reason, knocks him unconscious, which is odd. It's odd, but then he climbs on top of him and he hacks away at the machete for a, f- for a bit. Yeah, but, well, we'll get there eventually, but we know he does, in fact, survive. So Rick and Chris, they, they drive off out into the woods, and Rick is like, Oh, I don't care about your PTSD, I just want to get laid. When are you going to give it up, Chris? That waterfall's pretty chill in that scene, though. Yeah, that is chill. That is I nice. just say, I, I, I just point that out because I love waterfalls. Meanwhile, we get Shelly and Andy juggling in 3D. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have known. That. Yeah, thrilling 3D juggling. That's what I wrote. Yep. Yep. Deb breaks it up by telling Andy, I got something else you can play with. Yep. Then Shelly just randomly blurts out to Vera, like, I like you a lot. And she politely shuts him down. Yeah. To where he just goes, bitch. And that's the, yeah. that's the terrible incel moment. Yeah, I mean, frustrations are a thing, and sometimes you say shit 
you know, in the moment. But yeah, that wasn't wasn't very cool. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah. We get uh Andy and Deb in the hammock and they're like, How do we do it? And I like Deb's uh Deb's <laughs> line. She's my favorite character in this movie by quite a bit. She's like, Well, we take our clothes off, then you get on top, or I can get on top. <laughs> And she's pregnant, so obviously she, he knows he's aware of how to do it. <laughs> she's just she's just trolling the shit out of her boyfriend. Yep. Um, we don't see the sex scene because surprisingly, this one has very little nudity and sex compared to other Friday the Thirteenth movies. And honestly, is not even as violent as the other ones. Yeah, we get some really quick kills, and that's about it. It's it could. Be. <laughs> With a few other cuts, this probably could have been a PG-13, like some slight editing. Well, except for Chris's backstory. Yeah. So, like, she tells her stuff, and we see it in flashback. And so, she uh, had run away from home. She got home late, had a fight with her parents, ran away, stayed out in the woods, and Jason, uh, Jason tried to do things to her. Yeah, that's the implication. Yeah. And I don't like it. No, I don't like it at all. Uh, but I mean, look, we cover a lot of rape <laughs> on this show. I mean, this is not something we don't talk about. But Jason, as a as a rapist, definitely rubs me the wrong way. It does. Uh, it's just, it's awful. We, thankfully, she gets away. She, like, kicks him in the face. Yeah, but then she says she gets dragged off and blacks out and wakes up in her parents' house. And the implication is uh, kind of grim. Yeah, that Jason did follow through. Ooh. Yes, yes. Yeah, but Rick doesn't care. Yeah, because Rick's a fucking. Rick's asshole. like, oh, that was two years ago. Get over it, girl. Um, we get Chuck getting high in the outhouse. We get the old hippies for a while. Yeah, I thought Chuck was gonna die on the shitter too, but no, that doesn't happen till part five. Ah, and then we forever they poke around the barn. They think they saw Shelley, but it was just Jason. And so they're just poking around the barn, they're jumping out, going boo, trying to scare Shelly, who's not even in the barn. Yeah. No, he's playing dumbass pranks on Vera, where he's, like, swimming underwater, and he jumps up with a hockey mask and a harpoon yeah. gun. Well, I'd like to point out at this point that uh, Jason's iconic look is that hockey mask. And this is the first time it's shown up. We're two-thirds of the way through the third film. Yep, and it didn't become iconic until this film, obviously. Right. Um, but now when you think of Jason, you're like, oh, hockey mask, but it's not even something he originally had. No, and he gets a new one quite often. It's not like he's worn this one hockey mask he got from Shelley for all of the movies. Yeah, he, he just discovers he likes hockey masks at this point. There's several movies where he's just like, oh, look, a hockey mask, I'll put it on. Best mask is Jason X, though. Yes. That, 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 the Uber Jason? <laughs> yes. Hell yes. But anyway, Vera is like, "Oh, Shelley, why do you do these stupid things?" And his excuse is just, "I have to." And I'm like, no, "Yeah, you don't have I mean, to." Well, he feels like he has to have something that makes him interesting. I guess, like being a nice guy didn't work, so you got to do this now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. But he thankfully gets killed. Yeah, we don't see it yet, technically. And then uh, Vera gets killed. With some 3D. Some 3D harpoon right through her eye. This one has a lot of eye stuff. Yeah. Yes, it does. Because there was the knitting needle, there's the severed eye, there's her, there's some stuff a little later. Yeah. And so we catch back up to Andy and Debbie right after the hammock sex. Yep. And she's like, was it you, me, or the hammock? <laughs> yeah. 
And Andy, of course, goes, eh, it was me. And she goes, I think it was the hammock. And he goes to get a beer, but she's like, sure, I'll take one. You know, pregnant woman. And then she, I think at some point she recalls that she is in fact pregnant and says, I don't want that beer. I don't want the beer. I'm just going to go take a shower. Andy's walking around on his hands and bumps. And I, yeah, right. Bumps into Jason, who just cuts him right in half. Yeah. It's a yeah, this is actually one of the gorier scenes in the, not this particular shot, but in a little bit. In a little bit, because Debbie t- finishes her shower, which is the only bit of nudity we get. Yeah, some, some slight, so a little bit of nip. Yeah, from the side. Side nip. And, um, so she goes back into the hammock and starts reading an issue of Fangoria. Talking about Tom Savini, which uh, I like the little nod there. Yeah, because Tom Savini did the effects on the first one, and then again on the fourth one, which we'll get to the next time. Yep, yeah, it's coming up. Next Red the 13th, whatever that is. And there's like, she's reading an article about Godzilla. Oh, yeah. And blood starts dripping on it, and she looks up and sees the remains of Andy. Yeah, this is like, if you had cut this scene, like edited it, like, you could definitely have made an argument about PG-13 for this movie. Yeah, like if she just looked up and all we saw was Andy's <laughs> like head, or head not not his blood, completely mutilated body, which is still nicely done. It's just really gruesome. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not complaining. The scene's great, but yeah. And then Jason is apparently under the hammock. How did she miss that? I the guy's like eighty feet tall. <laughs> I know you could hide under a bed, sure, but under a hammock. I mean, how did she miss it? Pregnancy brain. Yeah. Um, then we have the fucking popcorn scene. Um, Chuck and Chili are high and trying to make popcorn on the stove, but they're not quite putting the lid on the thing. It's, uh, not working out. And, um, power goes out, because I guess Jason is planning ahead. <laughs> and so Chuck goes to go find the breakers in the cellar, and that's where he dies. Yeah, he gets, like, electrocuted, I guess. Thrown into some electricity. And then Shirley goes into the house, and she starts finding all the dead bodies, and her scream is so annoying. Well, uh, uh, uh Shelly stumbles in with his throat cut, and like, everyone th- she thinks he's just faking it, because, you know. Yeah, because it's Shelly. She's like, oh, Shelly, stop fucking around, and then he drops dead. I guess, uh, if you want a silver lining it, there's no way she was going to save him regardless, even if she believed him, so... Technically, his his uh, his crying wolf didn't actually cause his death. He was dead either way. Hey, it's me. It's that insufferable know-it-all that hangs out at your local sporting goods store. Sure, you only stop by to get a birthday present for your nephew who's in Little League, but I'm going to annoy you with every bit of sports trivia that you don't want to know. Today, I'm here to talk about Hockey Mask. Now, you don't need to be a hockey fan to appreciate a good faceplate. Remember Casey Jones? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Dude wore a hockey mask and carried a baseball bat. That's two different sports being used to fight ninjas right there. Now, the popular kind of goaltender mask, uh, the kind typified by the uh, painting at the crease by Ken Darby, they're worn by Jerry Cheevers. During the Bruins record-setting 32 straight wins during the 1971-72 NHL season, but they don't use that in regulation hockey anymore, but still so iconic. However, if you're going to be slaughtering some young adults over the weekend, I'd recommend this 1970 Jacques Piante Elite Fibrosport Model 103 painted in the style of a Detroit Red Wings mask. Oh, you're not slaughtering campers. You just wanted to to buy a kid's baseball glove. Well, all right, that's fine. Let me tell you about baseball. The first recorded baseball game was played in 1749 in Surrey. 
brought to North America by English immigrants in the 19th century, popularized in our modern culture by a man named Abner Doubleday. Yeah, and um, so Chidley gets it with a hot poker. Yeah. Yeah, and then so Rick and Chris come back. And they're like, where is everybody? Why is the fire out? What's this burnt popcorn? You know, it's just like in part two when everybody gets back and they're like, what was happening in this house? Yeah. My thought was uh, when the smell was like uh, your friend cooking from the burnt poker. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the popcorn that's burning. (laughs) I think it is supposed to be the popcorn, but that was not my first thought. And then Rick goes to look outside, and thankfully he finally dies in a beautiful yeah. way. Yep, I mean with with uh, a less than stellar effect, but uh, I, I like the way it, it, it's satisfying. So Jason just picks up Rick by the head and squeezes his head, and then his eyes just poke out. Some more eyes. Since three D eyes. So we get our final girl battle that goes on, as they tend to do in these slasher films. Um, they're fighting around the house, and Jason, what's weird is he grunts and makes sounds this time. Yeah. Not like in the other movies, like, they'll beat the shit out of Jason, and he won't even budge. Here, she, like, hits him, and he's like, ow, oh, ouch! <laughs> like, he feels pain. Yeah, I don't think they knew what to do with Jason at this point. Well, we can circle back that around to the end, but it's kind of weird. Yeah, um, so Chris runs out, she goes to the van, it's out of gas, of course. Because it was all siphoned. You know, runs out of gas, like, right on this bridge, and then she's hits this button that says reserve gas, and I'm just like, what the fuck, reserve gas? I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> like, isn't all the gas kept in one tank? Yeah. Why would you have this secret tank of secret gas? Uh, I mean, I don't build cars, so. <laughs> so, but it doesn't matter because the van just breaks the bridge anyway. <laughs> and they go and fight in the barn, and she hangs Jason. Yep. Which she goes, and she's like, oh, good, I defeat Jason. She leaves, and he's still hanging there. But he's alive, and it's like a really awesome moment for his face reveal. Right. Because he takes the, the hockey mask off. And we see, oh, it's ugly Jason face, but she recognizes him. Right. Well, this is another this is another scene that really rubs me the wrong way because not only does it because she recognizes it, and he wants her to know that it's him. That's why he takes the mask off, right? Like he remembers her too. Yes. Ooh, ooh, Jason's evil in this. Yeah. He's not just mindless killing machine. He's he's fucking yeah, that's cruel. Why, that's why I want to talk a little bit about. Jason's characterization in this film versus some of the other films and why this one rubs me the wrong way in particular. But we can talk about that at the end. So he gets himself down from the rope and he goes after Chris, but surprise, Ollie is somehow alive. Yeah, that this is like... <laughs> Wait, Ollie lived? <laughs> yeah, for a minute. He, he, he just flails at Jason and then gets killed again. And Chris manages to take out Jason with an axe to the head. Um, and that brings him down. She goes out, and we get, like, this horrible fucking ending. I hate the ending of this movie. What? It's, well, it's a bad ripoff of the first one. It's a terrible ripoff of the first one. Like, I don't know if they were trying to do some lore building here that didn't pan out. Maybe. This was supposed to be the last movie. Yeah, but they say that with everyone. <laughs> That's true, but apparently it was. And then it was successful, and it's like, Jason for the search for more money. And- yep. Yeah. 
And um, because she goes out onto the lake with a boat, just like in part one, and then she sees Jason up in the barn, like, waving at her. Yeah. And she's like, oh no, oh no, and she tries to row away, and then fucking Jason's mom jumps out of the lake and pulls her down. Yeah, I think they thought they were being clever by, oh look, it's Jason's mom now, her, her, her. Yeah, well, that's where Jason's immortality comes from? His mom? But maybe a dream sequence because we'd be just like part one. We cut to her just like, no, no, no. And they're taking her away. The police are taking her away. And Chris has lost her fucking shit at this point. She's just screaming at nothing. Well, I mean, that's fair. It's fair, yeah. She's relatively realistic, right? Quite traumatized. She's calm for a moment while they put her in the police car. And then she starts screaming again. And they drive away. I I mean, I I felt that was fairly realistic. And um, they're like, well, that's that. End of movie. Roll credits. Jason's corpse just lying there. Yep. And definitely in the context of you thinking that it's, them thinking it's the last movie, that ending is very unsatisfying. Yeah, but then again, all of them are. And and considering all of them tried to pretend to be the last one, except part five. Part five is this weirdo thing. But, uh, I don't know, I liked Freddy vs. Jason's ending. Yes, that one felt final. It wasn't, well, it, but it, it felt it. had a little, little, little wink and nod to, you know, oh, Freddy did survive. He winks at the camera. It's like, ooh, we could get a sequel. There was supposed to be one that was going to be awesome, but it fell apart. I'm sad. Yeah, we got uh, that Freddy vs. Jason, which we'll, we'll get to eventually as we get through these. I love that fucking movie. Freddy vs. Jason? Yes, I adore that movie. <laughs> it has its moments. It's also got a great soundtrack with Kill Switch Engage and Flames on it. If you like your your death metal stuff, yeah, um, which is a welcome relief. Given you know you hear the same soundtrack for almost every single Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, I mean we get some a uh, uh, soundtrack song, some licensed songs in four and five and six that are worth noting whenever we get to those. But oh, this movie. Was actually the first Friday the Thirteenth movie I ever watched. Uh, cool. I was like eight years old. It came on like Saturday afternoon on network TV. Um, I didn't even finish it. It scared the fucking shit out of me because I was eight. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I had nightmares about Jason for like a year. <laughs> and then when I finally I, watched it as an adult, I was like, "Oh, okay, that was that was part three. Well, yeah, uh, I had a cousin. I have a cousin. I shouldn't say had a cousin. I have a cousin. Who uh, was a huge horror movie buff even as a kid? He used to chase me around with a fr- uh, Freddy claw. I took the hose to him. It oh. was funny. He didn't think it was as funny, but I did. Um, he was super into Army of Darkness and stuff. I think it was like six. But yeah, anyway. Um, hi, Matt. I'm sure you're not listening. <laughs> I had uh, a. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, you can go. Uh, in elementary school, I had a friend named Michael Myers. It was literally That's his name. Good. And then another friend named Jason. And we'd make the two fight. <laughs> that's good. Which we still haven't gotten that movie. No, we should. I mean, that's something we got to get around to at some point. But um, so Jason's characterization in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I do not do not like. So obviously, in the first movie, he was never intended to be alive. Right when they originally wrote the first movie, he was never intended to have a sequel. He was never intended to be alive. The whole thing was intended to be, you know, a hallucination. A, trauma reaction. Yeah, that's why nobody wanted to come back for the second one. Because Tom Savini didn't come back, Victor Miller, the writer, didn't come back. They were like, 
What, 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 you're making Jason the killer? F- fuck you! <laughs> the irony being is that while it ruined the ending of the first movie, the second movie, as we discussed previously, you guys can go back and listen to the episode if you'd like, uh, is that the second movie is actually superior to the first movie in terms of filmmaking and acting and all that stuff. But Jason is this kind of, you know, disabled, you know, mentally disabled. He's a, a little slow. Yeah. But mostly acting out of, like, through id and just out of vengeance for his mom, presumably. Like, that's his that's like, only goal. Yeah. And, okay, like, that. that's fair. I'm like, that's fair. Like, that makes sense. Like, he doesn't have, it, there's no, that's the thing with Jason. The way I always have viewed Jason up until this movie, is that he's just kind of a, almost an automaton, uh, like a spirit of vengeance itself. Vengeance personified, manifested. Here, though, we get a very malicious, methodical, intentional murder rapist. Yeah. Um. And, and one that wants you to know that he is. And it's actually rather disgusting. It is. We, we don't get that kind of Jason again, ever. Actually, I don't think it works for his character. I mean, if if that had been the case in the beginning, yeah, maybe. I mean, there was always some implication with with Freddy Krueger that he was a child molester. Uh, that was part of his character, kind of from the beginning, though. Like this was something they just like, haha, we're gonna throw this out here randomly. It's weird because, um, like, yeah, he, Freddy Krueger was supposed to be a child molester, but then Wes Craven is like, that's a bit too heavy, so let's just make him a child murderer. That he just murdered kids. Rather than raping and murdering them. Yeah. Um, but in the remake, he was not a child murderer. He was a child molester. Yeah. And They went with that, uh, that thing. That was a bit disturbing. And it's actually one thing I kind of like about the remake. I mean, it's terrible, but the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street is he's not getting vengeance for his death. He just wants to torture the kids he molested by reminding them about what he did to them. Yeah, it's that is true evil. That, so that, fucking right. that evil. Is one of the things, that is one of the things I do enjoy about the remake. And Jackie Earl Haley's pretty good as, as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. But they definitely took a more serious route. Like, when I always think of Nightmare on Elm Street, my favorites are 3 and 4 because uh, I'm, a, I'm a sociopath. No, I really do think I do think three and four are hilarious and fun, and that's kind of where I like my Nightmare on Elm Street to be. Shudder just added um, the the whole franchise. Oh, so I right binged on. that during my holiday break. Um, How do they hold up? It's been twenty years since I've seen them. They don't hold up at all. Part three, it's kind of uh, no. Even part three has its. Uh, they don't hold up. I mean, we're gonna eventually do some of them. Yeah, we have we have to, but yeah. I, lo- I loved them when I was in college. They haven't held up. Especially- I think Freddy vs. Jason is still awesome, but I bet you New Nightmare is still good, though. Oh, New Nightmare has held up. New Nightmare is still an amazing film. But back to Friday the 13th. Well, I mean, they're kind of related, right? Like, there's just always been this, like, tie between the two. Yeah. Um, it was originally supposed to focus on Ginny from Part 2. Yeah. Like, her PTSD. And she goes and learns, like, self-defense and then goes out to hunt down Jason. Would have been an interesting movie. But the the actress declined the role, so they wrote a different kind of rape revenge, I guess. Yeah, this is kind of a rape revenge movie, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the wrong person getting revenge. <laughs> yeah. It's like Jason is getting revenge on her. And she's just yeah. defending herself again. So, I mean, I, obviously I messaged you as soon as I finished watching the movie, and I, I said that was a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. It is, it is, in fact, a movie that exists. Um, I do not like the characterization of Jason. 
I I feel like it retreads over the first and second movies too much, but with a worse cast and and worse performances. The cinematography is good. Um, the music is the music, like your general, you know, your basic Friday the Thirteenth, you know, light motif and stuff is is there, and that's that works well. So I mean, there's it does a lot of things well, um, but it also it's unnecessary and it almost like it should <laughs> the character of jason just gets i don't know just annihilated by the the writing team who wanted him to be something else yeah and um well they did different versions of the ending i don't quite know the other versions i just know that they exist um i didn't research enough to see the other endings and unfortunately my blu-ray is in a big ass box set the only feature i have is 3d and interactive <laughs> menus <laughs> Ah, interactive menus. Um, but they settled on this ending. Like, were they going to mythologize Jason's mom? Maybe. Like I said, I think that it was originally planned to be the last one of the trilogy, hence why he's you know, actually shown as being, like, dead dead at the end of the movie. But of course, that doesn't last. Well, in the Nintendo game of Friday the 13th... Ah, yes. Which... Triner, when did that come out? Because you actually do fight Jason's mom in that video game. <laughs> it was sometime after, yeah. I mean, it would have been like, they would have been making part seven or eight by the time that video game came out. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, I guess they tried to mythologi- myth- make a mythos out of Jason's mom, which, by the way, she's hardly even mentioned again in the remainder of the, the franchise. Just has a motivation for Jason, and that's about it. So we don't get to see that really bad effect of Jason's mom <laughs> in the sweater. But yeah, that's Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. It's it is a movie that exists. It is a movie. Next week, we are doing some Giallo. Uh, we are doing Dario Argento's Deep Red from 1975, and we are doing James Wan's 2021 tribute to the genre with Malignant. Okay. That'll be our bonus episode for subscribers. Love you, subscribers. Love you. 99 cents a month. You know, it's as cheap as 5 p.m. donut shop coffee, but a whole lot better. Oh, yeah. Weren't we going to do the reviews that way? Would you rather drink 5 p.m. donut shop coffee or watch this movie? Um, I think I'd watch this movie. No. Yeah. I've seen this movie so many times, though. I'd probably just take the coffee. Coin flip for me. <laughs> I'll say this. The coffee would leave a less bad taste in my mouth. Yes, it would. Burnt and stale, it still tastes better than this movie. That should be on the the DVD packaging the next time it comes out. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, that was our episode on Friday the 13th Part 3. Big special thanks to Charlie Bolin, William Wright, Martha Page for recording the advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can... Be a paid subscriber for 99 cents a month to get access to our bonus episodes. So, check out our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at podcastexploit, or contact us at exploitatpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next week for Deep Red and Malignant. (laughs) 